Hey y'all, I'm Taylor DeHayes, a seven-figure business consultant and strategist for online fitness coaches wanting to build life-changing companies. Real talk, I wasn't an overnight success and that would make for a pretty boring story. I was fired from my TV reporting career of a decade with just $825 to my name. In just two years, I built a seven-figure coaching business. Now I'm sharing my proven strategies with you. Oh, and we'll keep it real, discussing mindset, money, and hardship to help you build the life of your dreams. So grab a cup of coffee and get cozy. Welcome to the Taylor Hayes podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I debated for a little while on if I should record this podcast or if I shouldn't. And I say that because I'm by no means a licensed professional um, or anything in terms of the mental health space, right? I am purely speaking from experience. And full disclaimer, if you are struggling with anything that is truly crippling, then please seek some kind of professional help. But I started this podcast to be open and transparent, and that is always what I try to do. And so this episode, whether you've been around for a little bit or not, you may know a few of these stories, but I wanted to chat about just how I have managed to stay focused in my business and continuously grow and scale despite anything that's really tried to stop me. Now, if you're new to the space with me, or maybe not, you know, you see my Instagram and I never hide anything, right? I'm very open and honest about the amount that I work, uh, problems, struggles, whatever, uh, personal life, but there are things that do not make it online, right? And for good reason, whether that might be something in the legal department, whether that is something that's just too personal that has no business being on the internet, whatever. But, you know, I am not immune to life punching you in the face, so to speak, right? I'm not immune from the bad days, the bad months, the bad quarters. I'm not immune from life just creating messes. And with that being said, there is this level of emotional intelligence that I have, and I'm very fortunate that I have this, right? And I want to share just a few cases with you, and some of you might be able to relate, and if you can't, I know there's something in your life that may feel crippling, and you know, there's there's two things that I notice when it comes to businesses crumbling versus succeeding, right? You know, think back to when you had a nine to five or maybe you do right now or you have a day job, right? Now, if I'm having a bad day and something happened, whether it might be losing somebody close to me or a breakup or I don't know, anything, right? Uh, Totaling a car, I don't know, anything that just is kind of a lot that really puts you in a strain financially, mentally, or even both, you know, you show up to work and you still get paid, right? Like it doesn't really matter because you're getting a paycheck. Now you can't just drop the ball, but you could take a personal day or you could kind of just give them 50% and you'd still get paid the same, right? With your business, it's not the same. Now, because I don't want to say (laughs) disclaimer many times in this, I do want to be very transparent There is a time to take personal time for yourself, right? However, what I see more than not is that when you run your own business, 
the coaches that I come in tact with or the coaches that I might talk to in the DMs that are not doing so well, it typically is because there is a lack of emotional intelligence. And so I may hear that somebody is getting a divorce and the next thing I know, they're defaulting on payments or somebody lost a loved one and and next thing I know, they're not showing up to a month of coaching calls, right? Like that cannot be how you run a business. So what I want to say is, When you're listening to this, I hope that you understand I am not being insensitive. I am being realistic, right? And there is a reason that if you work a nine to five job and somebody passes away, you're lucky if you get two days of bereavement, right? In a business, you can't take two months or one month, right? And so you have to find ways to cope and and move that grief with you, right? Now, what I'm about to share, I am not comparing trauma stories. I am not comparing mine to yours or any of that. And so again, I do not want to constantly say disclaimers and whatever, but I'm just hoping that you understand um, what I've gone through has made me who I am today. And again, I'm not sharing every single story under the sun, but there are two big stories that have happened in the four-year timeframe of my business. So I'm recording this in September of 2023. My business turned four years old last month. And, you know, the first story is is a grief story, right? A lot of trauma. And so I want to share that. And if you've heard this, then you may know what I'm about to share. If you haven't heard it, then I will share it with you. But the point is not the story. The point is how I moved through it, right? So... I started my business in 2019, in August of 2019, about eight weeks into my business, my boyfriend of the time took his own life and it was very, very traumatic, right? Um, He took his own life. It was a violent uh, method and um, it just wasn't, it was really, really challenging to go through that. Um, The visuals, the pain, all of that. This is somebody that I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with. We were in the process of moving in together. I had not moved in just yet, Um, but we were in the process of moving in together. We were, you know, ring shopping, things like that. We hadn't really told anybody, but it was one of those things where, you know, we were only together for about a year. I actually met this person the, the very day that I moved to Cleveland and I was like, oh my God, this is literally my person. We were, um, you know, same birthday. Um, I really thought this was the guy version of me. And anyway, um, yeah, so that is what happened and very unexpected. Um, this person was not taking any kind of depression medication. Uh, there were no signs of depression. Looking back, you know, four years, um, looking back four years, there are definitely things that I, I, I know now um, that might have been red flags. But at the time, like he and I, I mean, this guy was so successful making great money, uh, multi-six figures, amazing family, amazing friend group, just like the you would never suspect it, okay? So anyway, this happened and this person was the biggest supporter for me starting my business, right? And so eight weeks in, you know, I made the decision after I was fired from my job, I made the decision to stay in Cleveland because he and I were starting a life together. And like I said, I was going to move in. We had future plans. And so, you know, I'm eight weeks in. I've got about 17 clients on my roster. I am not in a position to just stop, right? And so again, as I share how I moved through this, 
Let me also say that <laughs> I'm not saying this is healthy. I'm not saying it's not healthy, but everyone deals with grief differently. But there is something, there's something that was like lit inside of me. And I just kept thinking like, what would he tell me to do, right? Like he would not want me to be sad. He would not want me to stop everything for him. He would want me to keep going. Now, if I was not working, I was crying, okay? Um, if I was, I mean, truly, like from the time I woke up until the time I went to bed, if I was not occupied, I, I was crying. And so the first week, I basically didn't work. I took a full week off, uh, told my clients I couldn't do check-ins. Um, I didn't really share what was going on, but I, they kind of gathered based on um, Instagram stories and whatnot that I had lost somebody very close to me. And I just remember like – even the day after he passed away, my one of my friends had a very important photo shoot. Um, she was a fitness client of mine, one of my first fitness clients. And we had worked for months and months and months to get her to this place of doing like a um, kind of like a sexy photo shoot, like lingerie, right? And I couldn't miss that. And so I remember for the first week, not only could I not stop crying, but I wasn't able to drive myself anywhere. Like driving a car was not feasible. I just couldn't think, right? Um, which I think is really natural when you lose somebody like that. And so I remember just like thinking to myself, okay, like screw it. Like I know I'm not going back to news. I know I'm going all in on my business. And so for the next year, from the time I woke up until the time I went to bed, I was working. Now, can I tell you that I was the most productive every hour of every day? I don't know. But in that first year, I hit a quarter million. Okay. Now, this is not saying that I was not sad, that I was okay. And, and the hardest thing about that year is that the pandemic hit as well. So not only did I lose somebody, but I felt like I was stuck in Cleveland. Now, my friends were in Cleveland, so that was good. But because of how crazy grief is and trauma, right? Like it's not predictable. Um if you've ever read the uh, How the Body Keeps Score, I you can say how amazing it is. If you haven't read that book, I would recommend reading it, How the Body Keeps the Score. It was phenomenal. It was something that I read. Um, and it basically just tells you how your body manifests trauma and how it um, – just how trauma like sits in your body and how you – it's just – it's a great read, okay? And even if you haven't had anything crazy happen, I think it would be amazing to read because – you're likely dealing with clients who will have traumatic experiences and want to cancel coaching or quit or whatever, and it just makes you a better coach reading it. But nonetheless, I remember, you know, sitting to myself thinking, I can't just stop. I can't just stop what I'm doing. And so that is literally when I, uh, I, I was teaching spin classes at 5 a.m. I kept doing that. Uh, I did a charity ride for my boyfriend and raised quite a bit of money. I think we raised like $5,000 or something for suicide awareness, um, which is really great. I felt good about that. I was trying to do anything good that I that I could, right? And like I said, I knew that I couldn't just stop because I was just laid off. I had no other choice. I wasn't going to move home to, to my family's house. That wasn't going to make me happy. And again, it was about hanging on. And so – you know, I made sure that every single week I spent time with friends as much as I could. But like I said, the pandemic was so limiting already. And so going through that and losing somebody that I loved was really, was really, really hard. And I think it was about six months after he passed away, um, I started going to therapy. I'd never gone before. Um, 
I was, I've never been somebody that struggles with, you know, uh, anxiety or depression or any of those things. And everything started to feel so hard. I remember I also went into a contest prep a few months later because he and I were supposed to compete together. And I was like, I have to still do it because I have to honor what we were going to do. Right. And that was not great for my body. And so, you know, all this to say, like my clients would tell me, you know, oh my God, I was binging over the weekends and my macros. And I just, I didn't give a shit. Right. Like so much of that didn't feel like I cared. And so that's why the first month was really, really, really hard. And once I created this work schedule for myself that kept me occupied seven days a week, I was able to take that grief and move it with me. Now, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was moving through it, but I had to keep going. I couldn't just stop. And I knew that. And like I said, I knew that he wouldn't want me to. And I, I couldn't, right? Like I literally couldn't, or I would have lost my apartment. I would have lost everything. Um, And so the way that I, move with grief was I controlled everything I could, right? And and again, I'm not telling you this is healthy. I'm telling you this is how I did it. And, you know, looking back four years ago, I wouldn't have changed anything because that is literally what got me through the hardest year of my entire life. Um, and I, I mean that when I say it. And so if you're going through something that feels extremely traumatic and heavy and hard and like you're never going to get to the other side, then I want you to find little ways to move with it, right? Again, move with your grief, not through it. You have to find ways to show up every single day. And so just know that my DMs are open, seriously. If you have anything going on, right? I am not a therapist, but I am here to give you my two cents. And so that experience was really, really hard for me. And, you know, I think that this led to the second experience I want to share with you. And that is my body basically quitting on me. Um, And it's probably because of how I moved through that grief, which again is where I tell you, was it perfect? No. Did it get my business to a place that it needed to? Yes. Do I regret anything? Absolutely not. And so at the Uh, August of 2020. So let me, again, let me paint the timeline. So October of 2019, boyfriend passes away, October, 2019. And then August of the very next year, 2020, my body just was not responding to prep. We couldn't get lean enough. I had been prepping for eight months. We had even taken a keto approach. I was eating about 30 carbs a day, very, very low calorie. Um, and I basically told my coach, like, I don't know what's going on, but, and all my shows kept getting canceled too because of, you know, COVID, right? And so it was really, really challenging. And so we basically called it, we called prep, we weren't going to do it anymore. And within 90 days after quitting prep, again, I was not stage lean, okay? I, just to put it in perspective, I typically compete around 115 pounds, I'm 5'4", but I was really not able to get below about 130 pounds. And I was like, what the hell's going on? So within 90 days of quitting prep, I gained 45 pounds. I was like, what is going on? Now I am the person, in case you haven't picked this up by now, okay? I am so type A. I follow my plan to a T. I will never, you know, not do what my coach tells me to. It's really a, if you jump, I say how high kind of situation, right? And I remember getting my labs done earlier that year, like February of that year. And I remember my cortisol, my waking cortisol being a six. And my coach at the time said, 
eh, I'm not that worried. You just went through quite a bit of traumatic, you know, life happenings. So I'm not worried about it. Let's keep going. Now, looking back on that exact moment, I wish I was smart enough at the time and had the knowledge to be like, absolutely not. This is a problem. We shouldn't do it. But again, like I told you, my coping mechanism was control, okay? Which is obviously the reason that my hormones and adrenals were completely shit. So when I tell you I gained all that weight, this is what I'm telling you. I was eating about 1,800 to 1,900 calories a day. I was tracking my macros. I was not eating anything wild. Um... Now, some of the bad habits that I developed as I was coping with trauma the year previous was I was drinking coffee at 6 a.m. and I was drinking coffee at 5 p.m. I was not eating my first meal until about 10 a.m., 11 a.m. So I was drinking coffee on an empty stomach. I was working out fasted. Um, I was obviously competing, so low calorie. I was working a ton of hours a day. I was working before the sun came up until the sun was already down. I was isolating myself in my apartment constantly. And then my diet was very much a flexible dieting diet. So I was definitely consuming all the Walden Farms. I was consuming all the protein nut butters. I was consuming the bullshit, right? I, I didn't really give a crap about what was in my food. I just cared about the macros, right? And that was the trendy lifestyle, right? And and that's kind of how I coached my clients was I was focused on macros, not necessarily, you know, inflammatory oils and all of those things. So anyway, uh, I don't know what's wrong, but I gained all this weight and I was panicking about it. I ran a bunch of labs at the very beginning of 2021, and I found out that I had extremely high levels of mold, dysbiosis, no cortisol, hormones were shit, okay? And I was like, great, this is a mess. So I was fluffy, um, I didn't love it. And I bring this up because I come in contact with so many women entrepreneurs who have shitty adrenals and they just quit their business. They're like, I can't scale, I have to back off, okay? You can scale because again, I healed my hormones, it took me, it took me two full years. It took me two full years to heal my adrenals and my hormones. And I'll go through this briefly. But my point is, I created, I had my first seven figure year during all of that, but I had to really tweak my efficiency. So immediately I, I healed the mold problem. Okay. The mold was the first thing. I had to get the mold out to heal the dysbiosis. Those two things had to be healed before I started working on adrenals. However, I was doing certain things for my adrenal health. Like I was going to, I, I quit spin classes. I stopped uh, teaching altogether. I stopped lifting altogether because I had to. Uh, when I tell you my cortisol was flatlined, I mean, it was a literal flat line. There was no curve. Okay. My body was like, yo girl, you are stressed. So we are not going to produce cortisol, right? To which I said, uh, shit, I have a business to run. And so I had to really, really work on that efficiency, right? I didn't just quit. And this is where I tell you, Again, this is just one of my several stories of trauma and life happenings, but you can't just quit. You have to find ways to move with it, not through it, and you can. And so I did all these protocols. I was stretching. I was going to yoga. I was getting a lot of steps in. I took caffeine out altogether, and then I, I completely cleaned up my diet. So even though I was eating quote, quote, health food, right? It was like, you know, Fruit Loop flavored peanut butters and bullshit like that, right? So no artificials, no more Splenda packets. And I'm not here to debate 
on if Diet Coke is good or bad. That's not what I'm saying, but I am telling you that I had to remove anything artificial because I was really just resetting taste buds. I think that's the biggest thing too. Like if you're addicted to like the Diet Cokes and all that shit, chances are I'm not gonna tell you that aspartame is gonna kill you, cause cancer, or make you fat, but I'm also not gonna tell you that too. I'm gonna tell you that if you eat a strawberry and it doesn't taste very sweet, there's a problem with your taste buds, right? And so I removed everything. And basically that took about a year. Fast forward to the beginning of 2022. I started working with my current coach now. And in April of 2022, we ran labs. Adrenal curve is beautiful, but my hormones were still not coming back. Everything was very much like premenopausal flat. Um, and so I started taking a low dose of testosterone. We started HRT um, injections. Uh, a test propanate specifically. And that really, really helped. Uh, because I had been insulin resistant for a hot minute and just really struggled with the weight loss, um, we were going to go into a diet phase once we had that supportive test and once the adrenals were healed. And then because I was just so uncomfortable, again, 45 pounds was not fun. So we did bring in some semaglutide and started working through that. Um, and what I can say is, you know, even to this day, and we did lose the 45 pounds in about six months. It was great. And I've kept that off. It's been over a year and we've kept all of the weight off. Um, and I'm very, very pleased. And I still am on HRT. I don't know if I'll ever be able to totally come off of it. Um, my testosterone just really is not coming back naturally, which sucks. But hormones are not genetic. But I share all that because, you know, you're going to have something happen. Something is going to happen in life that you don't expect, right? And Again, I'm not here to tell you what sucks, what's better, what's worse, what's harder. All of it feels hard. And, you know, there really hasn't been any season of my business where life has just been so hunky-dory and perfect. And so if you do not find ways to move through what you're going through, right, and to find ways to compartmentalize, then it's going to be really, really challenging because going through all of that, going through every story I just told you, which would literally break so many people. My clients never once knew anything, never suspected anything. They knew what was going on. Yes, I was open and transparent, but I was never a different coach with them because that was my biggest concern. And my first priority was that my team is going to be taken care of. I am going to take care of myself and my clients will not be impacted. And so it's made me such a resilient coach and it's made me such a better coach, right? Because again, life is going to happen to you unexpectedly. It's never predictable and you have to find ways to move through it. So if you have any questions, please let me know. Like I said, I wanted to give you just some perspective um, and not comparing traumas, not comparing lives whatsoever. But I do know that there are so many instances that can quite literally break a person or feel like, oh my God, my life is literally ending. Can I even run a business anymore? And the answer is yes, you certainly can. And the one thing that just kept me going every time was my business made me happy. My business was my outlet. My business felt fun, even though it was hard as shit and continues to challenge me every single day. My business was always the outlet for me. And that is a healthy outlet, right? I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do any of those things. And so for me, I think that 
outlets can turn really bad really fast for some people, right? Coping mechanisms can be really, really detrimental, whereas my coping mechanism was work. So maybe that did lead to a little extra stress, and I know that it did. However, my adrenals and hormones getting to the place that they were at, that happened prior to the trauma, right? That, that, uh, the levels I were at that took years to get to. And so I think a lot of that was lifestyle for so long, working in TV news, very, very high stress, long hours, early mornings, not a lot of sleep. And so anyway, all this to say, you can most certainly get through anything that you are going through. And my DMs truly are open. Uh, would love to know what you thought about this episode. If you can relate, um, if you have any comments, concerns, questions, I am always here. And as always, I will see you next time. I want to give you a virtual high five for finishing another episode of the Taylor DeHayes podcast. Love the episode, share it and tag me on Instagram. Have a question? My DMs are always open. Until next time, bye y'all.